what's upcoming for business? I mean, what are you predicting business, companies, hiring? The world is going to look like over the next couple of years. Employees are in the driver's seat right now. They're saying they want remote. They want to work from home. They want this much money and they have all the power right now. And there's been a lot of conversation on the Great Resignation, but then, you know, my question is, is what do you think drove it? And, you know, more interest, uh, interestingly, where has everyone gone? Where have these 4 million people gone? 67% of people who make less than 50 grand either know someone or have themselves quit their job because they're trading crypto. 67% of people making 50,000 have either quit their job or know someone who has because they're trading crypto. And that's just like, whoa. <laughs> Of course, it just crashed yesterday, I think. So maybe some of those people will have to be looking for work again. Hello, and welcome to the Better Human Podcast, a podcast about making humans better humans and demystifying the world of relationships, communication, and entrepreneurship for your better life. Today, we are joined by Marie Zimanoff. Marie is the CEO of Career Thought Leaders and Resume Writing Academy, knows career services have the power to change lives. She began a career as an advisor and recruiter for the Colorado State of University while completing her master's in education in human resources and career development. In 2008, at the peak of the Great Recession, Marie left the university to start her own business, inspired by a passion to make a difference in the industry. She trains career professionals around the globe in career coaching, personal branding, resume writing, and she's delivered hundreds of career and leadership development programs, design curriculum, and trained staff and workplace corrections, university, community college, and business environments. Marie, welcome to the show. We get to have a great conversation today, a little bit about things like the great resignation and hiring and talent, because it's a big problem lately. It's a big issue for not just organizations, but, uh, but individuals as well. So let me kick off with, tell us a little bit about your story. How did you end up getting into the work that you did? Yeah, so I started wanting to be a career counselor because I wanted to work with young people. And when I first started my my applications for my graduate program, I thought I wanted to be a school counselor or work at a university. And then <laughs> I met some other school counselors and they talked to me about the job and I was like, oh, I don't think that's it. They spend a lot of time doing scheduling, not a whole lot of time actually getting to help people, right? And so I'd worked at the university and, and was working in the, the career center and got to see what those individuals do. Then I got to work with an individual who did independent career work. So she ran her own business and I thought, you know, this is where it's at. So in 2008, September, and you might remember some context if you're, if you're listening and you were around in September of 2008, that that was when the economic crash was happening for the great recession. But I was, blissfully unaware at my young self. And I wasn't getting where I wanted to go in career services at the university. My husband got a job at the place where we were living. So I wasn't going to get to move and find an opportunity somewhere else. So I quit my job in September of 2008 and started my own business. And, uh, you know, I, I love doing career services, doing one on one work, but I pretty quickly got into opportunities where I was doing training of other career services providers because I had the drive and, and the independence to go out and get some 
what's going on in the world and bring it back to my local workforce center, my local university. And that I thought, oh, this is fun and it's a bigger impact right now. I can teach these coaches and trainers so that they have a better impact on the careers of the people that they're working with. And so in 2015, I transitioned into the leadership of Career Thought Leaders and Resume Writing Academy and have been doing that full time ever since, mostly training career service providers in universities, workforce centers and independent practitioners. And I'm one of those you know, lucky people who gets to, to love what I do every day. Amazing, amazing. So on that note, let's jump into the first question, which is the great resignation. You mentioned the great recession, yes. You know, now, now, you know, 2022, we're in the great resignation, 2021, 2022. Um, and there's been a lot of conversation on the great resignation. But, you know, my question is, is what do you think drove it? And, you know, more interest, uh, interestingly, where has everyone gone? Where have these 4 million people gone? Yes. So I, Harvard Business Review had an article a few months ago about the existential crisis that COVID has caused kind of worldwide. And it's similar to when, you know, you get into a near-death car accident or maybe you know someone who has, and they're just different afterwards, right? That appreciation for life and they just, they have a different outlook. And the idea that this article put out is that that's happened collectively for us because of COVID. People have faced trauma, we faced our own mortality, and we've questioned, like, is this really where I want to be with my life and with my work? The other thing that happened is that a lot of people had to either work from home, work part time, you know, quit their job to take care of their kids during COVID, and they figured out that they could do something else, that they didn't have to do what they were doing. They could do something that maybe was more flexible made less money maybe you know they figured out they didn't need as much money and then this is just fascinating data and larry boyer he wrote a book about the future of work and he just did a presentation for my event called career jam where we talk about the future of work and he brought in this data that 67 percent of people who make less than 50 grand either know someone or have themselves quit their job because they're trading crypto 67% of people making 50,000 have either quit their job or know someone who has because they're trading crypto. And that's just like, whoa. <laughs> of course, it just crashed yesterday, I think. So maybe some of those people will have to be looking for work again. Or maybe your phone's going to start ringing again on that one. Right. right? Yeah. It's really interesting. And I think, you know, they're, they're, they're on social media, uh, along with uh, just the world that we live in, there's been you know, from a from an outset standpoint, it's it's attractive for someone that is making fifty or below to be able to take command of their own life, career, entrepreneurship, drive their own wealth. And crypto became, in some cases, an accessible uh, tool for them to get there. However, as you said, it just crashed, so uh, we'll see where it goes. So, on that note. Um, we were chatting the other day about generational recruiting and, you know, generations is an old conversation and, 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 you know, I think we put it to bed, but you mentioned some interesting, it was just an interesting uh, um, topic or, or, or thought that you had to it, which, you know, is there a difference in what recruiters are looking for based on generations? I mean, is, are we still falling into that different age group and, you know, is, 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 is this a thing still? 
Well, the conversation often gets convoluted because people talk about generations, but it's really not about the generation. It's about developmental age, right? And when we're young, no matter what generation you were in, when you're young, you think certain things. And then when you get older, you think certain things, really regardless of generation. And so I think this is more of a age-based thing, not a generational-based thing. And it goes with experience. So this was some job fight data from their 2021 recruiter nation that showed older recruiters. So those that were over 45 or 50 tend to care more about someone's previous experience. You know, do they have the years of experience that we need to do this job? And of course, younger recruiters don't because they see opportunity for themselves. So therefore they're gonna see more opportunity for people that are, are younger as well. And the, pro, the process is different. So older recruiters tend to use LinkedIn or their networks, right? I mean, why not? Why would you shoot in the dark when you've got a big network? And the younger recruiters are using TikTok and Instagram and, and not really using LinkedIn. So I don't know that it has to do with generation. It really has to do more with their experience and their current life experience. But it is interesting to see those differences. And I've been talking to my coaches about, you know, our clients really need to research and understand who is recruiting for their target companies, because that's going to make a difference in what platform they choose, what messaging they put out. Otherwise, they might be, you know, talking to this experience. Oh, I'm so experienced. And if the recruiters, no matter what position or, or industry, if the recruiters hiring for that role aren't older recruiters, they're not going to, they're not going to connect with that messaging. Right. Right. Well, older recruiters might not be around for much longer, right? So. <laughs> well, the recruiting market is hot. I mean, there's some of them that might be making their, uh, making their retirement right now. One of my colleagues posted about a recruiter that got a, like a hundred thousand dollar signing bonus. I mean, that market is maybe cooled off a little bit from a month ago, but it, it's hot right now for recruiters. The great resignation, the opposite to that is the great attraction, which is I was chatting with, uh, he's a good friend, his name is Michael Epstein, we'll, we'll, we'll drop his name, we did a panel with him, and he said, you know, on the other side of this, like the talent out there is amazing. However, I have a few clients that are in the pain point right now of offering triple the amount in salary for some of these positions. And being turned down for it, being literally turned down. So I think there is a little bit of a, a swell happening here in talent, but I'm not sure if it's going to sustain. You know, I don't think companies and, and the market's going to allow for this continual inflation of salaries, right? Because eventually some people are going to say, you know, I'm coming out of my resignation and back to work. And there's going to be that supply versus demand conversation. All right. Let me ask you this, or oh, I was chatting with a very interesting, in fact, uh, author. He was the head of HR at LinkedIn. His name is Steve Cadigan. We did a podcast with him not too long ago and chatting a little bit about some similar things along the lines of talent and recruitment and companies and stuff. Um, and he said, you know, one of the things that is really important for people to step forward with in roles is learnability. The individual's ability to learn, develop, adapt, to grow, to be fluid, to expand beyond the job description. What do you think or what do you predict companies are going to look for as they start to hire in 2022? Yeah, so this was also part of that job bite study where they showed the you know, worrying about your previous experience had gone down from like 92% in 2017 to the 60s in 2021. So recruiters really shifting there. But the 
certification and continuing education importance has gone up significantly. Now, this isn't about a degree. It's more about that certificate, very specialized training, relevant, current, brand new, because things are changing so fast. They want to see that new, new, right? What, what do you learned yesterday? Because that's what I'm going to need for you to do to help me tomorrow. And it could be a certificate, it could be a badge, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a formal stamp, but they are going to look for some credibility in that training. But that's what I'm seeing is it, it's how are you evolving and staying engaged in the industry. And then we also chatted about how that indicates your stickiness, right? You're, if you're really invested in this industry, it doesn't necessarily have to be a company, we are going to move companies more and more frequently. If you're doing that industry training and engaged in the industry conversations, then as a hiring manager, I feel more comfortable that you're you're here to stay at least for a while. This is where your interests and your you know your passion lies, and that makes it easier to bring you on, even if you don't have the exact experience that I'm looking for. Is that what you call a triple threat? I know we were chatting a little bit about this. You've got this thing called the triple threat. Can can you just explain that to our listeners? Yeah, so that was a Forbes article at the very beginning of the pandemic. Um, my my colleague Cheryl Minnick pointed that one out to me. She works in the university setting, and it was more about the university people, you know, recent grads. But I've seen it apply throughout people's careers. And it's education. So most places still do want you to have that formal degree. And that doesn't necessarily have to be four year, right? But I want the, the degree bar is set. Then I want that certification that shows you're new and current and, and fresh and maybe have the technical skills that, you know, digital literacy that we're all talking about now. And then the third one is experience. And of course, that's challenging for our recent graduates. And there's been some wonderful things happen actually because of the virtual switch and, and COVID. Parker Dewey, I don't know if you know about them. Parker Dewey has been around for about six years and they're doing micro internships. And so the whole idea behind it is that a company can bring on a student for a project. So it's project-based internships, they're paid. And Parker Dewey, Dewey is acting as the conduit for that. And their business seemed to really take off in the pandemic because of course, you know, 2020, everyone lost their internships and what were they gonna do? And businesses needed cheaper labor. And so Parker Dewey's been doing great work with the universities to make those connections happen where the company can bring on an intern, but it doesn't have to be so formal and so lengthy. Um, and that's helping the students get this triple threat. You know, that's been something from day one. I mean, I remember when I uh, was early in my career, that was the conversation experience, right? And, you know, my first job was I was 15 years old. I think you're still legally allowed to be hired back then, but at uh, McDonald's, right? And then 16 and then 17. And by the time I sort of moved into my career, there was there, there was a little bit of the experience. But that's been, uh, you know, I haven't heard that brought up in a long time it actually brought me back to my youth where you said you know companies are looking for experience as well and and the question came back as a young individual graduating right if i how do i get that experience right anyway another conversation for another time talk to me about you got these kids coming out of university you got people starting their careers right now where it's a sea of competition right 
how do you get your resume across? I mean, what are the elements of a killer resume? I mean, you know, what, 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 what helps a resume stand out? Is there such a thing or is it a little bit of a luck of the draw or who you know? What do I do to get my resume in your hands? Well, who you do, who you know, of course, still does matter. Employers study after study shows that they love referrals more than the cold applicant. However, even if you are a referral, your resume matters because people use that to set the grade, right? And, and to show that you fit and, and go through their equal opportunity processes and show that you're qualified. It really isn't, it isn't hard, but it takes time. People love to talk about the formatting and the flashy and all of that. And that's just kind of all a distraction from the basic focus that you need to show that you do the job the person's hiring for. It's not sexy, but that's that's where it goes. So you've really got to understand what are they looking for? And usually that goes beyond the job description. What are their pains? What are the gaps? You have to do your research and understand what problems are they looking for someone like you to solve. And then you've got to show that you've solved those problems in your resume. And people talk about keywords and, and yes, you know, whether it's a human or a computer, going through and, and making sure you have those keywords, but it really starts deeper than that. It starts with being focused and really understanding what are they hiring for? What are the problems? I mean, it's a marketing, it's a marketing conversation, like any other marketing conversation. If you don't understand your audience and what they're really looking for, you're going to miss the mark in terms of the basic focus. And then of course, in terms of the, the keywords and then beyond that how do you use formatting to draw the eye to those most important statements it's not about being flashy it's about being easy to read and using formatting strategically to draw the eye where you want it to go and to highlight the most relevant information and the most you know the most interesting stories that will relate to that job so you know i think a lot of people skip the foundation cuz they just want to get onto the the sexy part of formatting or whatever it might be but if you don't have the right content it's it's just going to miss the mark this is an opinion question maybe um you know each year there's a buzzword we see industry starting to shift the company starting to shift you know there's been a big 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 push on on things like personal and professional growth over the last couple of years. Before that, it was really the emphasis around coaching. <clears throat> the word resilience popped up a few years ago, which is really important for our teams or individuals to have that resilience. Uh, mentorship was a big word that popped up. And this is a little bit of my sort of industry, which is more and more around the coaching and, and, and training. But what do you, what's upcoming for business? I mean, what are you predicting business companies hiring? The world is going to look like over the next couple of years. What should we look out for? What do you think, what do you think is going to be some things that are going to, um, you know, shift change? What are some, some things we're going to focus on? I know it's a little bit of a all over the map type of question, but what, what, what do you think is happening over the next couple of years? Well, you alluded to it earlier, this idea of an employee driven workplace right employees are in the driver's seat right now they're saying they want remote they want to work from home they want this much money and they have all the power right now and there's a few shifts that are going to happen that might change that i think it's going to stick for at least the next six months maybe the next year because some of the things that will shift to change that are going to take some some time to shift so first of all people will come back to the workplace but that's not going to happen until at least this summer. Uh, you know, 
I have young kids. And when we did our, our conversation a few days ago, my three-year-old was at home. Right. It's still it's still the Wild West for parents, especially of, of elementary school, younger children. You don't know when all of a sudden they're going to be home. So as a parent, it really doesn't make sense to try too hard to find that, you know, full time job that won't let me work from home, et cetera, right now. Mm-hmm. But that will shift. Kids will go back to school. Things will stabilize again. And then those people are going to go, okay, I want to get back into the office a little bit. I want maybe hybrid. And hybrid is going to stick, not necessarily work from home because people do want that interaction with their colleagues every once in a while. And it is helpful for business to have that face-to-face interaction. So that will shift and bring people back to the workplace, but it's going to take a little while. And that will, as you said, increase or change that supply demand curve. And then the other thing is the automation. So it's interesting that there was a large push to automation and then it kind of stopped and slowed. I don't know if you saw that as well. And then COVID of course brought it back Mm -hmm. with automating and maybe to employees detriment in some ways, the harder they, push and for the salary and the work from home, businesses are going to figure out how to automate more. And of course, they can't automate everything, but they are going to figure out how to automate more because they they want to keep their profitability, right? And so that is going to shift things a little bit as well. We'll have to see how, but I've seen more automation at, at some restaurants. You're seeing more automation in some of those places where they're having a hard time hiring people. And I think we'll continue to see that while employees are making these demands because employers want to keep their profitability. We're in an evolutionary time right now. Um, I don't think any of us can really, you know, fathom how much is going to shift, but you just said something super interesting, which is the automation. And now we're floating into the world of even AI and, 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 and the metaverse. Can you imagine what the workplace is going to look like when we are pulling our goggles on and showing up in the meeting together? So very cool. Anyway, we'll have to save that conversation for the next time. Uh, Marie, you're super informative and researched. And some of the things that you shared today is uh, really interesting. And I think, you know, quite thought provoking. And, you know, just to sort of recap, what I've heard you say is like, hey, really important that companies tool up and uh, start to, to, to evolve their recruitment practices. I think I heard you talk a lot about things like, hey, we are going to be shifting back into more of this hybrid world. And that's going to put a different type of skill set that's going to be required for, for, for team members. I love your triple threats. I love the fact that you share the fact that most of these kids are running off into crypto right now, and hopefully they'll come on back into the workplace. So interesting, interesting times. You know, at the end of the each, each episode, we come to uh, what we call the better human question. And the question is quite simple, which is we ask all our guests the same question, which is, what do you think we can do to all be a better human? better team member, better employee, better leader, better manager. You could take it in any direction you want. You know, it's a cliche that we hear, but it's not native for any of us to really understand that we don't know what other people are going through. Mm -hmm. We hear that cliche, we say it, we need to internalize it because we have needs, we have demands of other people. And yet that right now, we've got to approach the conversation differently. You don't know, you really, like more, more than ever before, you really don't know what, other, what that other person is dealing with. And it doesn't mean that they get away with 
not performing or not doing what they said they do, but we do need to approach the conversation differently as a leader, as a team member, as a customer, which I know is hard because we think oh, we're the customer, but that person is still a person. And with, you know, they're, they're offering customer service to us or whatever it might be. There's just a lot of heaviness. One of my groups was just talking about this the other day. There's a lot of heaviness still. We all expected 2021 to just, you know, flip the calendar and ooh, it was going to be perfect, right? And that didn't happen. And people are dragging, especially right now going into the holidays, looking at 2022 and realizing that it's probably not going to be a flip of the calendar and a change our life again next year. And just to really internalize that cliche that you really don't know what's going on with that other person and how you approach that conversation could make a world of difference for them and for your relationship with them. It's amazing. So true. Marie, where can guests get in touch with you if they want to work with you, if they want to learn more about you? How can we find you? Yeah, so careerthoughtleaders.com. We have a directory there of career services providers. If you're looking for career services, got a form there that you can fill out and we'll, we'll pair you with someone. If you are you know, wanting to connect with me, a future of work, or to get training for career, career services teams, you can always reach out to me at marie at careerthoughtleaders.com. And I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn. I'm the only Marie Zimanoff out there. So happy to connect with you on LinkedIn as well. And that's Z-I-M-E-N-O-F-F. Thank yeah? you. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> I'm post all your links and everything in, uh, in the, uh, the episode. Marie, thank you so much. You're an amazing guest, uh, as mentioned, informative research. Got me thinking about a few, few things. And I think you dropped some gems today. So thanks so much for being on the show. If you like today's episode, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it, share it, and we will see you next time.